Hi, we're the Rices. We've been married for 12 years. We have six kids from the ages of nine to zero, and we're full of passion to raise a household that serves and honors the Lord. And we want to encourage others to do the same. And welcome back to the Raising Rices podcast. We are so excited to be having a very critical conversation about a mindset and view for the vision of our future brothers and sisters in Christ. This is a huge vision shift that we have to be considering as parents, right? So we are not just raising good kids, but we are raising young men and women that will be adults and that we pray will be followers of Christ. And it's a key thing that we need to make sure that we are doing everything that we do with that kind of end goal in mind. And one kind of thing we've been talking about recently, just as a little intro into an example for this kind of topic, is that we want to have a household that is not run by the children, that doesn't center around the children, raising up self-centered people that become adults that think that the world revolves around them. But rather, we want to live in a house that shows the priorities of life, that shows God as the priority, and that shows the marriage as the next priority, all remembering that we're not out to create the most perfect self-centered childhood experience, but that we're raising future adults to be adults in the adult world, not kids living as adults. Now that might sound, you know, a little crazy because we're kind of talking about raising households that serve the Lord and thus talking about parenting. But the truth is when we say that the household isn't ran by the kids, but rather ran by us. Well, let me give you some practical examples. You had a couple good ones, babe. Do you want to say? Yeah. So like if we are at dinner and a kid runs up with a problem, then the question is like, does the kid get the priority in that situation or do they need to learn to not interrupt? And while that might seem silly at first and as a parent you like you want your kid to feel heard and you want your kid to feel respected it is a a lesson in life not to just run up and interrupt your boss (laughs) when they're having a conversation with the ceo in the future because you have some burning problem right and so we we train and we teach some hierarchy some order to the household And this helps the kids to learn kind of how to read cues of people and how to know and respect authority. And so we want to be tuned in on those things. And that's kind of an example to really springboard us into the conversation around our conviction, which is that we're not just raising kids to be good kids, but we're raising future brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, like this whole conversation about not having a child-run house, but having the adults be the ones that are imparting wisdom and the ones that have the authority, really, like Darren said, just kind of propelled this conversation of why. 
Why would you do that? Well, it's because we're not raising future children. <laughs> we're raising future adults. And then to take that even a step further, we don't want to just end at just future adults or future good people or future right. good citizens of America. No, we want that to go to the eternal purpose. And that eternal purpose is that they would become our brothers and sisters in Christ, that they would be in the pews next to us, walking this Christian life together. So how does it look different then? How does it look different from Joe Schmo down the road trying to just raise a good kid versus trying to raise future brothers and sisters in Christ? Right, because it's one thing to say, oh, I'm going to teach my kid to work hard. I'm going to teach my kid to be honest. I'm going to teach my kid to be responsible. Like, those are good things. We teach our kids those things, too. But it's something else to say, hey, you're in your mid-30s, and in 15 years, you're going to have adult children that you are, you know, hopefully going to serve the Lord next to those kids for another 40 years. Right. How incredible is that? How much kingdom work can be done there? if everyone in your household is is faithfully serving the Lord. And so then as we think about, wow, what things are we imparting to our kids? How are we thinking about our relationship with our kids? Mm -hmm. Then we really have to have in mind what characteristics and what biblical traits that we want to impart in our kids and teach our kids to be a functioning productive, encouraging member of the church, not just of society. And remember that as we go over these character traits that we have found these examples first within the Bible, right? That's what we, Darren was just saying, you know, yes, good citizens, awesome. We should definitely do that. But truly what is what does the word of the Lord say and how does it give us encouragement into how we live our lives and how we want to teach our children to live our lives? And I just want to like reiterate that this brother and sister is in Christ is something that we currently like daily walking should be doing and modeling for our kids while simultaneously teaching our kids also what it looks like to do that. Like, don't just, what is that expression? More is caught than taught. Right. That is true. But do not forget, though, that you are your child's primary teacher. And sometimes words are needed to fill in the gaps as to why your action is modeling a certain thing. Right. If it's one thing to do something Mm -hmm. and... It's another thing to teach your kid what you're doing. Like your your kids are only going to pick up so much, or it's going to leave them to assume things. Right. If you if they just see what you're doing, and unfortunately, the world will tell them all sorts of lies to give them other reasons why you were doing what you were doing. Yeah. And not. Uh, the biblical reason why you were doing what you were doing because society still has some moral idea. Now, ironically, those moral guidances come from a scriptural basis, but they deny God and they produce this idea of being a good person or being a moral person or having good karma or whatever it is. Yeah. And then your kids can easily be taught and believe a lie to say, 
hey, that's why your parents gave generously to those people in need. They just wanted the good karma to come back mm-hmm. around to them versus teaching your kids what the Bible commands that you are to not just send somebody on their way and say, be warm and well-fed, but give them your cloak and give them dinner, you know, and serve and love others in that way. So then you've gone from just showing them what it is to telling them why it is that we do what we do. Yeah. So the first character trait we want to talk about is the encouragement of our words. Uh, We can see this in the Bible when Paul is encouraging Timothy. We can see this in our parenting, how the power of our words affect our children, both in their spiritual life and in their personal growth. And we can see um, how as brothers and sisters in Christ with those in our community, those in our church, what kind of effect in the positive our words can have and also unfortunately negative, right? We need to be careful with our words, how we stir one another on towards righteousness. Yeah. And the next character trait we want to show is we want to show how God has dealt with us in our lives, right? To, grow and to repent and to be sanctified and we need to teach our kids along the ways as age appropriate use our testimony to teach them and show them the the example the kind of a a vulnerable and transparent example of what the lord has done in our lives and how we live our lives by his power not by our own and I think this is so important. Um, one of our examples is Paul's testimony. I think it's so important because uh, actually just at church this morning, um, the pastor was talking about Paul isn't there proclaiming his perfection, right? But that he is on a progressive sanctification journey through Christ. And I think for us... Um, it's so important for us to um, also explain and model that and as brothers and sisters in Christ because there will be situations where hurt are caused, right? And how to use uh, past experiences to show how to overcome that. And equally, um, coming back to how we were talking about how we don't want to just raise good people, well, if you think about it too, there is actually a lot of religions out there Mm-hmm. that use works or their actions or um, different things to uh, to create faith, I guess, right? Like to create their saving salvation, where when we can use the testimony of ourselves to show, hey, you know, Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Right. And Christ knew I was going to make this mistake. And I am so sorry. And would you forgive me and thank Thank you, Lord, that you see me through this and that right now, even though I've sinned and even though I, you know, am wicked of heart, that you see me as righteous because you, Christ has covered me through his redemption. Yeah, this is a a big difference between raising your kids in a culture of like religiosity. Right. And having a real and genuine faith that's lived out in front of your kids and used as an example for your kids so that they also would know the hope that is found in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so as we go kind of down this list, I think this is really a key point because 
it's it's going to be a, important to avoid just a list of religious character traits right and really instead be cultivating a heart after Christ yes um the next character quality that is so special i think to brothers and sisters in Christ that we can model to our kids and that we can show our kids too is that because the Holy Spirit resides in us, we can offer a supportive presence. Like even if you don't understand all of the details of what your, you know, fellow community member, your church member is going through, you can be a supportive presence to them. And through the Prince of Peace, through Jesus Christ, you can give to them something that the world cannot. Yeah, it's, it's this great opportunity, right, to show an example to our kids and to teach our kids what it means just to encourage one another with the truth of Scripture, with the truth of who God is, what He's done for us, and that we can cast all of our cares onto Him, whatever they are. And, and that truth is universal no matter what it is that you are going through, no matter what it is that a fellow believer in Christ is going through. It doesn't make those things easy to, to process through or to live through. There's no denying that. But there is a hope, again, that's found in Christ. And so that's a, a trait that we want to be teaching our kids as a young age, not just to be a nice person again, but mm -hmm. for the purpose of developing that in them so that they're a contributing member of the body of Christ. I remember we were at like a Bible study. I don't even know, maybe four months or six months after our, our sixth baby was born. And we were sitting around the room and we were kind of talking about, you know, how the Lord gives us a supernatural peace in moments where we can only depend on him. And we were reflecting about how we were having emergency C-section with Gwendolyn and that there was no fear. It was just like, mm. like seriously, like the worst case scenario. We, you know, I was third trimester, rushed to the hospital, almost had to take an ambulance. Thankfully, Darren yeah. talked the firefighters out of it and said he could drive up me faster. I mean, we didn't yeah. speed, but, <laughs> and, um, we get there and all this stuff, you know, okay, I don't need her, this whole story. But other than that, I'm sitting on the emergency table and I have had five previous home births. Like I knew nothing about what was going on, but just an unexplainable peace that kind of resides over you because of your dependence on the Lord. And several other people in that Bible study had not the same situation, but had situations where they could um, give testimony to that peace as well, mm -hmm. that unexplainable peace. And that kind of like unified us in a way, you know, like you could hear and understand and be in a true brother and sister bond with these other adults in the room because you knew what they were talking about. You know, the world doesn't understand that kind of peace, right. but you do. And that, that just connects you in a way that you can't explain. Absolutely. Just moving on in these character traits. We're kind of moving quickly through these because there's, there's a, lot. a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> but it is to, and we kind of mentioned this already, to affirm another person's worth by doing kindness when it hurts. Right? So 
in Matthew 25, Jesus talks about he feeds the hungry. He says, you visit the prisoners, clothe the naked. These things you do as unto Christ. Yeah. And so it is important that as our kids are growing up, that we show that compassion to them. Now, compassion's not always my strong suit, especially <laughs> when poor decisions are made prior to the needance of compassion. Natural consequences. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think that it is important to show our kids and develop in our kids that heart of compassion for others. And I think, too, like... We're going to kiss owies. We're going to hug hurts from our kids. That kind of is more of a natural gifting from a parent to a child. But also walking your kids through what it looks like to show um, that kindness to the church body. Like together yeah. as a family. Don't hide from them what how you're bringing a meal to someone. Maybe, you Huge. know. Like do it together. Talk about why. And then when others do that to you, when others show you, explain to your kids that this is out of love for Christ. That they are showing us this kindness. And what a blessing it is to be a part of the body of Christ who carries each other's burdens and helps each other and lifts each other up in a time of need. What a benefit that is. And and really just transparently talking to your kids about yeah. all of those things. Now, different people have different kind of um, convictions about what to share with their kids and not to share with their kids. But I think in our parenting journey, we found that the more that we just are open and sharing and in, in our faith and in how we have faith in the Lord and that we're not worried or we're not stressed, that I think is encouraging to the faith of our kids in in those maybe tenuous situations right? where an, another perspective might be to hide those things from your kids or not worry your kids with those things, but... It doesn't give an opportunity, I don't think, for God to be glorified in those. Right. And and those moments, you know, of kindness and compassion can be small, <clears throat> but they also can be another per a, a larger, right? Like absorbing another person's problems onto yourself, maybe um, grief, right? Or maybe it, it, it's a celebration to be in tune with feelings problems, conflicts, you know, that our children are experiencing and also with our body of Christ alongside together. I, I just talked about, you know, how Gwendolyn was born and she was in the NICU and um, literally our church family fed our family for a month. I mean, because I was in the hospital and then we had Gwendolyn and then we had to stay in the NICU. It was like and then and then and then. And I had five kids at home and was at the hospital and to have that relief, you know, that someone could walk alongside you and do it in joy, that they could um, love on our family while we were going through a hardship. And it was so good because our kids got to see that and experience that. And then and one day we hope to return similarly to others in the body. Right. And to have those relationships with people where you know without a doubt that if the roles were reversed, you would have 100% yeah. done exactly the same thing. And to, and I really hate like receiving things from people. I think we've talked about this on here before, but it is a humbling thing to accept the generosity of others. And it is such a, such a good thing to, to have that with your fellow believers. And so again, just teaching and modeling that and 
engaging in that in your church family with your kids helps to train them up to hold those same values. I know that we've Mm -hmm. talked about uh, stories of people who, you know, they, they remember making meals with their mom to take to other people in the church. And then they carry that forward in their adult life. And we can already see the joy that our kids have in some of that too, when we are able to bless other people in those ways. Those memories are my, are, are big stones in their um, remembrance. Yeah. You know, Core moments. Another one we had a chance to do today, which was super awesome, and that's rejoice with another in their successes. Yeah. And today at our church, they baptized several people, and it was just a wonderful time of celebrating with them. And what a great opportunity to teach your kids what it means to celebrate with somebody who has a a transformative moment in their life. Yeah. And it can be a spiritual thing. Or it can just be a physical thing to celebrate with somebody when they have a baby or Mm -hmm. they have a new job or the Lord provides a home for them or whatever it is. It can be something small too, but to have that joy together when there's success of others that are in the body of Christ. The next one is something that we're actually really passionate about is developing hard work in our kids. But one thing that we have strived to communicate, and I'm sure we'll continue to work hard to strive to remind, is that everything we do, we do unto the Lord. Amen. We do for His glory, not our own reward, right? Um, You can think about men and women in your own life who have served faithfully without being asked and um, with a joyful spirit. And those people, they're not on the front lines as far as the stage or, you know, being recognized, but they're the ones that humbly work hard unto the Lord in the background. And those people are being such an example of the servant leadership of Christ. Yeah, it's so important, again, that we just teach our kids to have an eye for a need. Yes. And to have an eye for a need, not that we can earn something for ourselves, but have an eye for a need in the way that Christ had an eye for a person who is in need, a person who is in need of healing or some service that he could provide to them, that we should live our lives the same way, that we should not hold ourselves in some high regard Mm -hmm. or think that our conversation or our position or our nice shirt is more important (laughs) than getting dirty and getting our hands in to help somebody who's in need. Yes, and we model this first and foremost, and then we explain and teach. I was just remembering, um, I, we were walking into a building was, I don't even think it was church. It was something. And I, I nudged one of my sons. I'm like, go get the door, please. There's like an elderly person going and they just didn't, they got, they froze. They just froze in that moment and they didn't understand. And then afterwards I'm like, Hey, it's okay. You know that you didn't get it, but this is why mommy asked you to do it. Did you see that there was someone coming and it would be really kind for us since we are younger to open the door for this, you know, elderly person. And then I was like, Marissa, you know, you expected them just to do something without sharing and teaching the why. And so modeling important. Yes. But explaining why gives them something to hold on to absolutely the next one is to stand up for a brother or sister 
right? So right now we're the protectors and the defenders of our kids. And in doing that, we are showing our value of them. But we also need to teach them to and, and, and raise them up and encourage them into that role as protectors and defenders of each other and protectors and defenders of others in the faith, right? That it's important that we're brothers and sisters in Christ together and that when one is struggling, another is next to him. Mm-hmm. And when one is being disparaged, another stands next to him. And we have to teach them really that it's courage over comfort and that it's important to speak truth even in the midst of difficult situations. And it's important also to stand up for what is right. Mm -hmm. And these are things that are so under attack in our country today and in our society today. But it is so important that we are being that example first of standing up for what is right and for not you know, bending our convictions for the sake of getting along. Right. But that we stand on the truth of scripture and we stand on the truth of what God says in his word and that we stand next to in solidarity with our brothers and sisters in Christ who are making the same stands. Yes. Man, the next character quality, something that the kids and I are working hard on during homeschooling this year, is to pray. This should be on our mind always, praying for the salvation of our children, but also praying for them to know God and share his truths, and praying for our current brothers and sisters in Christ so that they can see it, what it looks like to be petitioning to the Lord on behalf of our you know, church members and friends and brothers and sisters. Yeah, man, such a thing I've been convicted of recently, praying for the salvation of our kids, praying that their hearts would grow closer and closer to the Lord and that their faith would really grow into their own faith, not just the faith that is our family's faith and what we're teaching them. And so important that we, again, model that for them it's a convicting thing to me. The kids always want to pray at bedtime, which is so good. <laughs> and many times it interrupts something else that I'm trying to get done after the kids have gone to bed. And it's so convicting. Just remember that it's always worth it to stop and pray together. Yes. The next one we kind of touched on a little bit before, um, but finding ways to remember God's goodness. Amen. Um, Remembering that through testimonies that we talked about earlier, but also the Lord has instituted ways to remember as a body of believers through um, the Lord's Supper. Um, He also has given us ways to, uh, to remember as far as memorial things, like in the Old Testament, they had different um, celebrations and traditions and holidays. They even had like memorial stones put in place. And that kind of reminds me of testimony. You know, when they looked to this thing, they remembered God's faithfulness and God's goodness. And um, so we can do that with our kids even today in preparation for rejoicing in the character of God when they're older. Because God is the same today, same yesterday, today, and forever. This actually just reminds me of my son, my youngest of the three sons, he is obsessed with these like picture books that I made of our travels to different like national parks um, 
during the 18 months we were living in our trailer. <laughs> yes. And I just, you know, they're just simple pictures and I just put them in a book. Not really any words or anything, but he reviews those. And I do believe that he is like reliving is a funny word, but you know what I mean? He is remembering those experiences and what he saw of God's creation. Yeah. And that is exactly what we're talking about here is finding ways to remember the character of God through testimony, through the remembering the Lord's Supper and his sacrifice that he made, you know, through hearing from other godly believers about what God has done in their lives. Yeah, it reminds me of how, especially when we have guests that are either older gentlemen and ladies or family, the kids love to hear a story. Yeah. It's so impactful to them, just like the memory of somebody brought to life that is, you know, some recount of their past. And what a powerful way to recount the blessings of God. Yeah. To say, look at what the Lord has done for us. And it's something that we really strive to try to bring up in conversation as it comes to our minds, because it's an encouragement to us. Mm -hmm. It's an encouragement to them. And then I think we want to teach them that it's also an encouragement to their other brothers and sisters in Christ as as they grow and become adults. Yes. Okay. Listen. Pay attention (laughs) to this one because I have seen so much devastation happen in the family itself and in the family of God when we do not teach and model this character trait of forgiveness. As we were forgiven by God, we want to teach and model forgiveness within the body of Christ. This is probably one of the hardest things to do, I think. Yes, true forgiveness. Is to really forgive somebody for what they said or did, Mm -hmm. even if they've not come to you and asked for your forgiveness, even if they've not expressed remorse or sorrow over what they did that offended you but to forgive them as Christ has forgiven us. Yes. And it is a key, like when there's unforgiveness, when there's animosity held, it is divisive. Yeah. And there's no peace in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important to forgive others and to teach our children what it means to forgive it, it it really crushes that like spirit of pride within us to have to forgive someone else mm-hmm. but it is such an important thing as we grow in unity in the body of christ together and as we're raising our kids up to be part of that body of christ to teach them what it means to not hold on to an offense mm-hmm. but to to forgive someone because truly not only is it imperative for the body to be unified together um but also god is so good by putting in forgiveness because he knows that if you harbor unforgiveness in your heart to someone especially within the body of christ that you basically are just drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies you are suffering you are living in um, discontent, Just bitterness, bitterness. Thank yeah. you. Yes, because you are holding so tightly to this prideful feeling of 
I was wronged by this person and I deserve this. And that's not to say that we have been good at this in our lives. No. <laughs> this is a voice of experience. Yeah, ask know- me how you know, right? Yeah. That- <laughs> yeah, knowing that it is so important to forgive others. And the last thing that we want to build up as a character trait in our kids when we're thinking about them growing into being members, adult members of the body of Christ is to think the best of others. Mm-hmm. It's a challenging thing to do, but to consider that they are not out to get you. Right. Other people are not out to offend you. They don't mean harm by what they do. They probably had good intentions while maybe acting in ignorance. It wasn't out of a malicious intent. And so to encourage our kids and to model for our kids what it means to think the best of others and serve and love and forgive them regardless is super important. Yeah. Now there is obviously some challenges that come with this vision, right, of of having future brothers and sisters in Christ. We've talked about our conviction. We've talked about the character qualities needed to do this, both practical and theory, right? But what kind of challenges are we faced with, babe? Yeah, the challenges, I think, are sometimes the most, like, where the rubber hits the road, right? Yeah. This is where the rub is and where it's it's difficult to make forward progress in this way and in this area when the world around us has such a different view, mm-hmm. particularly with the view of success. Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean to be successful in life? And then as a parent speaking to you, what does it mean to be successful in parenting? Because it's easy in the world to say success in life is money and stuff <laughs> and success in parenting is time away from parenting. Right. Which is so far away from the truth, right? To, to change that, to turn that around and say that success in parenting is to raise up children who have fear and admonition for the Lord and success in life is to live wholly under unto the Lord for the glory of God, that's totally different. It's totally like a mindset. It's like a paradigm shift. When you think about parenting, what is that common expression that most people say? Well, I just have to get them until, you know, get them to 18 and then they're off on their own, you right. know? That is not parenting. That is looking at the short term, not the long term, which is also another challenge to us as parents is that we get wrapped up into the immediate moment and we forget the long term vision, which also means when we're talking about all these future brothers and sisters in Christ, we can tell ourselves, well, that's, you know, in the distant future, you know, future. It's away from now. I need to focus right now on this X, Y, and Z. But really, we are making the building blocks to get to there. It's like you're making a bridge, right? Like you're here and you're trying to get to here. So what? how do you make a bridge? Well, you have to make the foundational posts first, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're not even thinking about the walkway to get there yet. You have to lay the foundation. Yeah, it's easy to have that kind of mindset, too, where you're thinking, oh, well, my kids are 18, 19, 20 years old. I have no influence in their life anymore. They're just on their own, do whatever they want to do. 
But the beauty of it is, is that if you've raised them to serve the Lord and they've had that faith that becomes their own in their life and now they are brothers and sisters in Christ with you, now you're iron sharpening iron. Yeah. You're right there next to them. You have an opportunity to continue to mentor them in Christ, in the body of Christ, as they grow in their faith and as they grow in adulthood and as they grow in marriage and parenting and all the things that life brings, Mm -hmm. that opportunity is there not because you're their parent, but because now you're brothers and sisters in Christ. That's a huge transformation of thinking that you just have 18 years to now thinking you have 60 years. Yeah. That's a huge difference. Incredible. And the multi-generational impact that that has, not just your decisions now affect your kids, but the fact that your decisions now affect the way that your kids think and the way that they likely will raise their children and the way that their children think. And then as your role as a grandparent, what it is that you are doing with your grandchildren, it's it's a long-term vision that yeah. we have to have in mind. The other thing I want to say as a challenge is that the culture wants to continually distract us away mm-hmm. from meeting together as a body of Christ and prioritizing our relationships with other believers. There's so many things, and it's not that all these things are bad, but I'm going to throw out a few. Sports parent-teacher organizations at schools, community playgrounds. Like, I don't even know. There's so many things (laughs) that are good or ambivalent, neutral, but there's so many things out there that want to take your time. And it's important that we're prioritizing and teaching our kids to prioritize the importance of the church meeting together and the importance of relationships with fellow believers that encourage and challenge each other to serve God more and to be more sanctified and more like him. And if we are modeling that, then we're encouraging that in our kids as they become adults, and then we get to live that alongside them as adults. Yeah, there's so many things vying for our time both on Sunday morning gatherings and throughout the week when you can be, you know, showing hospitality or getting together, encouraging one another um, as fellow believers. But also there are so many things and people within those organizations that your kids are going to bond with. Um, Just use sports as an example. Maybe you do sports and instead of, you know, being on Sunday morning gathering with the church, you are off playing soccer in the soccer league that you spend every weekend and multiple days a week in practice with. Yeah, that those people are going to become an influential part of your children's life, even if you're right there alongside them, right? They are going to become the friends. They are going to become the community. And if you are looking to show and model what it looks like to build a community around the most important element of their life, 
their relationship with Christ and that you want those people to be influencing you, the ones that are going to spur you on to Christ, the ones that are going to encourage you in righteous living, then you also have to have those conversations, the hard conversations with your kids about who is it in your life that are being that type of person to you. So, so important. So let's summarize it this way. Don't get caught up just trying to raise good kids, right? (laughs) Keep in mind the joy and fruitfulness of striving towards the long-term goal of raising brothers and sisters in Christ. As always, we would love it if you have any questions, message us. We'd love to talk more about this with you. We hope that this was encouraging to you and that you have a blessed week. See you next week. Thank you.